Welcome to the Data for Betterment podcast, Reimagine Hybrid Work, with your host, Maribel Lopez. Maribel is the founder of the Data for Betterment Foundation and Lopez Research. The Data for Betterment Foundation is a nonprofit organization that helps individuals understand and prepare for how their career will change as companies embrace new technologies. Lopez Research, a market research and strategy consulting firm, helps companies understand how technologies such as connected devices, collaboration, cloud computing, and AI change the customer and employee experience. The firm's clients range from startups to global corporations, including 10 of the Fortune 30. She's also the author of the highly regarded business book on how those technologies are transforming the company, employee, and customer experience, Right Time Experiences, published by Wiley. She's also a frequent public speaker at corporate events and contributor at Forbes.com. Maribel is currently researching and writing her next book on how to build successful strategies for workplace transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Maribel Lopez, and welcome back to the Data for Betterment podcast. I am super excited to be here today with Neil Miller. I've had a lot of interesting guests on. Neil is the founder of the Digital Workplace and the host of the Digital Workplace podcast. He's interviewed over 175 leaders on this topic and what it will take to thrive in a digital age. And one of the reasons I invited him to the podcast is he has both deep thoughts and practical experience with hybrid work. He's worked on managed remote teams for many years. So welcome to the show, Neil. Tell Thank us a little you, bit about who you are and what you're doing. Well, uh, yeah, like you said, I host the Digital Workplace podcast. We put out articles and we do events throughout the year and all sorts of fun stuff. But yeah, mostly we talk about how to rebuild work for the digital age. There's a lot of things about work that digital tools can make it like easy to incrementally get a little bit better and maybe make work more bearable in some ways. But we really feel like this is the time to make some big changes and really to say, hey, we're, we're in a new era. So let's let's rethink everything. So those are the conversations we have. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like it's so important right now to take this opportunity where we know everything is going to be different and really question and rethink and reimagine everything. Yeah. There's a lot of things we could talk about. We could talk about how to create a hybrid workspace. We could talk about how to be productive. But one of the things that I know that you've been talking about that I think might be really interesting is that you've got these five elements or principles that you say are required for a digital workplace. Can you speak a little bit about what they are and why they're important and maybe even how they intersect a little? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, these came out of result of all these podcasts I've been doing. So we're actually over 200 now. And that's just kind of my dream job is because I talk to all sorts of fun, interesting people about these topics and then just let it sit and let it stew in your mind after a while. And for some time as a team, we, we thought about what everyone was saying, what they felt like needed to be redone to work. And we came up with these, these five areas that work for us right now. Uh, so it's collaboration, culture, leadership, productivity, and technology. So most of the conversations we're having about what are the elements you need to rebuild in order to make work a better place fall into one of those five things. And like you said, there's a lot of overlap between how we look at them. But the reason I love this era that we're in right now where people are thinking about hybrid work or remote work is that once you start to uncover that, so many other things are revealed. You, you start to realize like, oh, the way we're collaborating can change a lot. Like, do we have to be in the office? Maybe for some things we do prefer to be there, but what are those things and why are those things? Uh, productivity is something we might chat about just about what's the nature of how we measure the work that we do and how we know if we do it a good job and lots of other things that, that come about there so as we see each of these five elements kind of work together 
if, if we take a new fresh approach to these things and realize the, the opportunities that digital tools give to us, and that's really how we're going to make work better. Yeah, so that, that's actually an interesting place to start. So let's talk a little bit about this concept of productivity. So for a lot of people, productivity has been all about efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Let's make the workers more efficient. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm about as efficient as I can possibly be at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm working longer than I ever did. You know, a lot of times I talk to organizations about how do we create impact. So when you're talking to organizations about productivity, what do you see has changed? The thing that I see um, the most change was specifically at the start of the pandemic when we sent everyone home. That was probably one of the big concerns people had before the pandemic of like, oh, people work from home, they won't be as productive, it won't be as good of a place, they'll get distracted and, and get pulled in other things. And I think we pretty much proved that that wasn't true within the first two weeks, I would say. Everyone realized, oh, stuff's still getting done. Like we're still doing whatever metrics we we're measuring before. We're, we're kind of still hitting those and things are going well. Now, like you said, work hours are probably longer and lots of other things were going on. So we don't want to just, again, we don't want to just replicate those things. And when we talk about these levels of a digital workplace, we'll, we'll talk about that. That's kind of a level two type idea of just whatever we were doing in the office, find the exact equivalent in the digital space. But what, why I love this topic is the reason why many leaders wanted to see their team members in the office. One, just kind of on a base level, there's that idea of that presenteeism way to measure productivity, which if you're in the office, you're working, that's why I'm just paying yeah. you. Then there's like one level up from that, which is what how you're measuring productivity is how busy people look. And if, if they're generating a lot of activity, which that can happen in the office or, or in remote settings too. Um, so it's just like, are, are you sending a lot of emails? Are you uh, uh, generating a lot of meetings? Are you just, there's a lot of activity and there's a lot of buzz that you're creating. And therefore this person's hardworking, therefore they're being productive. But when you really step back and say, okay, what does productivity mean? To me, that question is, did, did you do a good job? Like, did you do a good job today, this week, this month? Did the team do a good job? And the, sometimes that lends itself to some pretty clear metrics that could be there, whether it's a certain number a sales team needs to meet, or it's a net promoter score you're trying to get, or lots of different things can be there. But there's also some intangibility to it and some subjectivity to it as well. And it's helpful then to start thinking about, okay, what, what are humans really good at and what are algorithms really good at? What are machines really good at? And if you're realizing that, okay, what it means to do a good job is to do this exact same thing over and over again every day without any variance, like humans are, are not optimized for that. Like we're just not, not the best choice. Like you pick somebody else for those types of things. Where you want a human to be in is when you know, you need these kind of almost like spurts of productivity and just insights that, that come about or to manage a project that's never been managed before. We, we have to come up with new ideas for how to, to get those things going and coordinated. So I love the, the space that we're in right now because we're getting to think about productivity in these new ways, both about like, like you said, like these outcomes and the, the impacts that can be there. Uh, but then also just in terms of should, should a human really be doing that or is there a better fit for that? And we can all be doing better things. Yeah, I, I like where you're going with this concept of productivity and human creativity and computing and how they intersect. So there's been a lot of discussion in the AI field recently around creative AI and can AI be creative? And it really comes down to, well, what would be the interesting thing for the human to do? And what would be the interesting thing for the machine to do? And how do you marry the two of those? So I think that's going to be the next wave of creating impact for a lot of organizations is marrying those two things. Yeah. You know, this this podcast that I've had has talked a lot about technology, like a ton. But I think the thing that we've missed is talking about culture. And you talk about culture a lot and you're talking to a lot of people about culture. So 
Uh, tell me what you think is interesting. How do you think people are changing culture? It's actually one of the biggest questions that Lopez Research customers have right now is like, okay, great. Let's say I buy the hybrid work thing and we're going to make hybrid work work. How do we make culture work in this new era? The absolute most fascinating thing about this is that when I talk to a company that was established to be distributed, like they've never had an office. If I ask them, tell me about your digital culture, they kind of cock their head to the side and be like, what do you mean like digital culture? Like, and, and for them, like everything's great. Like they love it. Like um, people are are engaged. They have a sense of community. They have a sense of shared rules and values, and they're just running. Like I mean, not not every company's like that, but there are a lot out there that are just that are doing it. They're killing it. They're having a great culture out there. It's the ones that are trying to transition from an office to this like semi hybrid or fully distributed model. That's where it gets confusing for them because they were paying or they had hired the office to kind of be the, the the culture creator for them. I mean, anytime you stick a bunch of humans in a room, they're going to create culture. Just, you don't have to do anything. It just, it just happens on its own. And so there's less intentionality. There's less hard work required of leaders to create that culture because people just create it on their own and the space creates it actually for them because we, we develop these kind of rituals and, and shared habits. And one person brings in a, a cake at some point for somebody's birthday. And then we start doing that all the time and it just happens. Um, so a lot of times we talk about the difference between a forest and a garden. So to, to really make a forest thrive and, and be well, most of what you're doing is just kind of backing off and letting it do its thing and just letting things develop. Very little maintenance required to, to go in and change things. That's kind of like an in-office culture. Just let it be. If there's any like bad things that happen, then you kind of jump in and help. But in a digital world, you really have to be a lot more intentional and bring that mindset of like it's a garden and nothing's going to grow there unless you prepare the soil and you plant the seeds and you select the right seeds that are going to go next to each other well and you water it and you weed it and you have to spend a lot of time in it. So for a lot of reasons, people are hesitant to switch from an in-office culture to a, a digital version of that culture. And a lot of it just because it, it does take more work and it is harder to do. And it takes a lot more intentionality. It can still happen and it still can be great, but that is a, a difference between the two. Yeah, I think one of the things that organizations struggle with is this concept of engagement and empowerment for their employees and how do you create that? Yeah. And then there's another interesting dynamic going on, and that's that in this particular time of life, take the uh, take the COVID uh, pandemic aside, one of the things that we've seen happen is with civil unrest and other things, there's been a lot of discussion about what should a culture be? Yep. So even absent of this huge traumatic life event where we now have the option to work at home and are, are trying to hold on to that for many of us, um, I think we're also dealing as as companies and cultures with what should our role be at this point? You know, what are we doing about diversity and inclusion? What are we doing about social responsibility, environmental responsibility? Should we be doing anything? Are we doing the right things? It's just a, a a large set of questions that people are dealing with. And I'm sure that you've had a lot of those discussions as well. And I know that when you've been thinking about your principles, you have been embedding those concepts into that. What are you seeing organizations doing that you've been speaking with? And I'm seeing both sides of this. There are some companies that really take these issues and say, yeah, we're going to be all about this. We're going to do this. And really, when we talk about making work better, that means having these open conversations. I would say the core issue for most companies is not whether or not we want to support these issues, it's how much we want to allow those discussions to happen in the workplace. 
and how much we want to sponsor those discussions as they happen. So that's kind of the, the core area. A lot of companies struggle with this idea of, okay, no politics in the workplace because that's just going to be distracting or it's something you can do on your own time. But the question is like, okay, who gets to define what's political and what's not? If somebody's coming to work every day and they, they feel like this, this is something that, that is central to who I am, then it's something that I, that I want to talk about. That, that's the, the issue that most leaders are struggling with is when those conversations get confrontational and when they, they reach a level where it's like, hey, I, I need you to speak out about this and I'm expecting you as a leader to say something about this. I find that really one of the big issues is that leaders just aren't prepared to have those discussions. They've, they've kind of been like a surface level tracking along with like, yeah, I, I kind of agree with this, but that's that's about the extent. They haven't really invested a lot in learning about issues of race and of gender and of all sorts of different types of equity and, and historically oppressed groups and really understanding what it is. And even people who are heavily educated in those areas, like sometimes it's difficult to know what's the right step right now to do in these situations. But most leaders just haven't spent the last 10 plus years preparing themselves for these decisions that they're in the middle of making now. So it, it comes down to culture. It comes down to collaboration. It comes down to teamwork. How, how are you going to be able to, to navigate those discussions? And so my advice to most folks that are there is to say, look, you have to commit yourself to learning, commit yourself to exposing yourself to new ideas, to say, look, this is the decision we're going to make right now. We feel like we need to do something in this moment. But we're also going to commit to this learning to say, like, we haven't figured this out yet. We're still going through this. So really engaging in those discussions, I feel like is important. What are you seeing from your side? So we've actually talked to a lot of companies that are doing things like bringing in specialists to help educate senior leaders on the topics of the day and how to think about the topics of the day and how to actually create open dialogue with their organizations. I think that's been the first step that everybody's looked at is like, can we create a dialogue? Can we do it in a way that isn't disruptive to the workplace? And then also to try to collect some feedback on what's important to the people that are working in the organization. You know, what do they think the new culture should be? So basically getting some insight and some buy-in in creating the culture as we see it. But but no, no doubt, it's actually early days and, and interesting times. There are also some things I see that are happening technically so, for example, one of the podcasts that I'm working on is in AI, and one of the real big challenges in AI is obviously ethics in AI. And we have a lot of issues in AI in terms of not having the right data because it's inaccurate or it's not representative. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, there's a lot of interesting technical issues that fall out of that that we have to address so if we look at those two things coming together, I think people actually seeking out advice on how do I think about and approach these topics, having open dialogues, and then hopefully on the technical side, making sure that nothing runs amok is also a good thing. Now, one of the things I saw on your site, I actually took a digital workplace assessment. Didn't do very well, I might add, but actually at that point. Uh, and, and you obviously put a lot of time and effort in creating this system. And as a result of that, in the back of your mind, I'm sure there were a couple of best practices that you had in mind that were like, if people are doing A, B, C, then they're probably setting themselves up to build a great digital workplace. So if we think of that, what are some of the best practices that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, and th those levels of a digital workplace are are great. I feel like it's more like a journey that people take as they're exploring things. A level one would be your your fully like everything about your business is is tied to a physical location, and a level five you're talking about doing some really fun, interesting experiments with digital tools and lots of other things that that other people aren't even thinking about yet. So you don't just go from one to the other. It, it's a process to, to go through. And, and most companies on most issues 
take this journey of like level two, like I said earlier, is just trying to find some representation of what was happening, replicate that into the digital space. So let's just take meetings, for example. So if we're used to having meetings in the office and that's where they all are, then to do a meeting, replicate that in the digital world means, okay, we're getting on Zoom. And whatever okay. that, that meeting time was, we just have boxes in our face now. And the, the thing about level two stuff is that it's never as good as it was before. Like it's, you're never going to enjoy it more and be like, oh, this is amazing and awesome because a Zoom meeting is worse than an in-person meeting in most cases mm -hmm. for that to happen. Then you kind of, that level three is where you start to see, okay, well, there, there's more to this. And there's actually things we can do now that we couldn't do before. So for example, we can record the meeting, which is okay, that's cool. Now we can, we have a record of what happened. We can transcribe the meeting. We can do closed captioning for the meeting so that somebody who maybe was a non-native speaker is able to track along better. We can have meetings that we're not traveling to. So we're cutting down on commute time. We can have a, a digital whiteboard open up uh, by the side, or I can show you exactly what I'm talking about and, and have it on the screen with everybody. So all these things, it's kind of like that, what we call that level three, where you're seeing some new advantages to things that are there that weren't there before. And then that level four was where you really start to stop and say, okay, maybe this is something different. What if we just totally rethought how we did meetings from the, from the beginning and started to look at the values of a keen sense of a, a value for time, a human-centric workforce, an intentional workforce, uh, one that gave people options and agency to be able to do things, and one that partnered technology and humans together in a good way. And recognizing that, okay, yeah, that there's a lot of ways that we can rebuild the idea of, of a meeting together. We can start to send pre-work to each other. So that says, okay, before you attend this meeting, here are things I need you to do so that this time that we have is almost what I call sacred. To say, if, if we only get 30 minutes a day together, we want to use it to the best of our ability. And I'm not going to sit there and read slides to you all day long. Like that was just a bad <laughs> thing that we were doing. So I can send the slides to you ahead of time because you can read them. You're smart and you can figure out what it is. And then you can have some questions ready to be discussing because there are some things that we need to be in real time. Discussions can happen faster. They can move forward together as well. And then even we can recognize the diversity of how people connect in those workplaces some people do great in these live meetings because they're loud and because they process things quickly and because they're comfortable speaking in the language and all sorts of great things. But other people were never great at some of those things. And so meetings were stressful or terrible for them. And when we think about a digital meeting and how we can structure that, putting in these other things allows for other people to also enjoy those meetings and, and have good ways to do them. So those are just some a few examples of how you can take it up to level four. And then level five is like, hey, let's, let's try something we've never done before. Let's do something unique and interesting with meetings. Or if you talk about pay time off, that's another kind of core concept in the workforce that's tied to you have to be here and we're paying you to be here. If you're not here, then you need to get a doctor's note or your mother's excuse form or something like that, just to say it's legitimate. But then when you start to rethink those ideas and push them forward, you can start to run some really cool experiments on the back end. Yeah, one of the things I always thought was really interesting, some organizations had this uh, concept of, you know, take as much time you want, there's no set vacation time. And what they really discovered for the most part was nobody took any vacation time because yeah. there was a lot of peer shaming that happened as a result of that. Well, you're not here, you're not doing anything, we're doing all this work. There was also this badge of honor of I'm working all the time. And, and I think where we're coming down to it now is the best cultures are going to be cultures where they say, hey, here's the goal that we're trying to accomplish. And here's the deadline we need to accomplish it by. You know, if you're getting that work done in this time frame, 
it doesn't really matter what time of day you do it or where you're doing it or any of that other stuff. It just matters that you're doing it and that you're doing it with quality. And I think we're, for many ways, a long way off from that. But I'm optimistic that we're starting to get to that, you know, yeah. proof of work as opposed to, you know, butt in seat or butt on video is what it feels yeah. like right now. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and today we're doing eight hours of video. So there yeah. is video fatigue and, and that's real. I mean, I find I'm very drained at a lot of the end of the days now as a result of doing, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten meetings on video. And Absolutely. they've gotten shorter, but there are more of them because, yeah. hey. You know, we have to we have to meet now because we're not in the office and we need to have that personal connection, which is only semi-personal. But I'm with you on that. I, but, I love that the idea that you brought up and the just the concept of like treating people like adults and not so much like children or teenagers that you have to say, hey, you need to be doing this. And if you're not here, like I need to know why. It's more just like, hey, here's here's the goal out there that that needs to be accomplished. You're smart. You're an adult. Work with some other adults and figure out how you're going to do that. I'm not going to track your time as much. However, one, one interesting thing about the digital workplace that I like is that just the idea of tracking someone's time. Like originally, we want to track the time because I'm not going to pay you a penny more than you were sitting in that seat. But when this, this idea of like going to unlimited paid time off, I, I've talked with some organizations that said this, okay, we're doing unlimited. We're not tracking. Just take off when you need to. Okay. That worked well until they realized, like you said, people weren't taking time off. And so they had to start tracking time again and when people were taking off, not for productivity or payment, but for a well-being aspect and said, look, you, you need to be taking time off because we're, we're not getting the, the best out of you for this. So they actually went to more of a mandatory time off setting where it's like you, you have to take a week off every season and you need to tell us when that is. And if you don't do that, then you're going to be penalized in some way. But just trying to, again, experiment with those things and seeing what comes next. So last question, it's a bonus question, which is, you know, it doesn't have to be technology related or work related, but if you had a recommendation of a book to read, a show to watch, a place to go, something to do, what would it be? This is like the fun part of the podcast. So I, I'm really into books right now. What I've been doing, we've been doing hosting a few live events recently. And my favorite part of the live event is I just bring all my books about, <laughs> about the topic, set them there and say, just take whatever you want but you also have to bring a book and leave a different one. So that's been so fun to get into. Sort of like a modern book exchange, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've really, really enjoyed that. I've actually recently been getting into uh, Ricardo Simler's books, uh, Maverick, and uh, a thing called The Seven Day Weekend or something like that. I, I really appreciate, I, I got turned on to this guy from some other workplace experts that were out there. And he he's based in Brazil, wrote a lot of these books in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, at a time where it's like, okay, that was the future. He was a little bit progressive. We should have all been there by the late 90s or early 2000s. But the stuff he's writing is like still out there for a lot of people to, to push together. So I definitely recommend his stuff. I liked uh, No Rules Rules that came out with the Reed Hastings and Aaron Meyer's book about mm -hmm. Netflix mm -hmm. culture. I think they're a company that, that's running a lot of cool experiments and I'd like to see what they're doing. There's, there's not necessarily one company that has it all figured out and just follow their blueprint. Yeah. But the ones that are running these types of experiments are really fun to see. Fabulous. Neil, thank you so much for your time. And thanks for being on the podcast. When people want to find you, where can they find you? Maribel, thanks so much for having me on here. It's been a, a pleasure. TheDigitalWorkplace.com is where we are at. The quiz you mentioned is there. Just in the, in the top side, it says a quiz to take about seeing kind of where you are in those five levels as a workplace at whole and on some of these other dimensions that we've been discussing. So take that one, see if you like it, if you agree with it, or if you think you, you have a different opinion, send me a note. Bye, everybody.